business is a competition. There are winners and losers. There's always someone trying to take your business away. And in business, just like sports, there are players, there are coaches, and there is a scoreboard. Welcome to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Whether you're a manager, executive, business owner, salesperson, or entrepreneur, The Business Locker Room is a show that will create content and conversations that will help you improve your business. Now, let's join your host, Kelly Riggs. And welcome to The Business Locker Room, the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business. Hey, whether you're a sales rep, a manager, a business owner, an executive, an entrepreneur, or you just have an interest in marketing or social media or business strategy, you're in the right place. The Business Locker Room is the show for you. Welcome to The Business Locker Room. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. You can find me online. Follow me at Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. And when you're talking about the show, make sure you use the hashtag BizLockerRoom. And that also reminds me, check out the website, BizLockerRoom.com. You can find out about our guests and find out about upcoming shows and things we've done in the past. Download previous episodes and all kinds of other things there as well. Send me an email, kelly at BizLockerRoom.com. I want to thank our sponsor, our partner here at the Business Locker Room, 4D Sales. And we'll talk more about 4D sales and the tool that they make available for salespeople and business owners later on in the show. What a great show I've got lined up for you today. Some fantastic guest, Terry Langham, the COE, will join us in just a few minutes. And uh, she is the former CEO of a $30 million ad agency, now runs her own shop. It's called Blah, 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 Inc. That's it. Yeah, you heard it right. That's exactly the way it sounds, and she's a fantastic uh, story, and I'm excited to hear about her. She's written a book uh, that we want to talk about as well, and we'll bring her on and talk about some new ventures. But uh, all things marketing and sales we'll put together with Terry. She'll be along in just a few minutes. Miles Austin will join us as well. And Miles, of course, always popping in for the X's and O's segment. Last couple of weeks, we have talked about a couple of great tools, um, Refresh, on our first show, and then last week we talked about Evernote at length. But Miles is recognized as one of the leading authority on web tools for sales. So he's a great guy to have on board. He's going to make you more productive. Technology is just moving faster than you can imagine, but fortunately we've got the right guy. He wades through it all. He finds the right tools, and he helps drive your business and performance forward. So we'll have some information from him on a brand-new tool that we want to talk about. It's called Rival IQ. And it's a tool that will help you learn what your competition is doing. Might ask Terry about that as well when we get her on board. You can find him at Miles Austin and also fillthefunnel.com is his blog. But now we turn our attention to Terry Langens, again, the former CEO of a $30 million ad agency that she started from scratch. I want to find out a little bit about that story. She sold it off to one of the big guys back in the 90s. Now she's what she calls not the CEO. She's the COE, the chief of everything at Blah Blah Blah, which is her speaking and consulting business. Terry, great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's nice being had, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, it's interesting. I had the opportunity many years ago. I've I've been in my my current company now for eight years as an independent uh, speaker, consultant, uh, trainer. And about two years in, I had the opportunity to hear you speak in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at a National Speakers Association meeting, and you you made a tremendous impact, impression on me with your message. And it's interesting. The first thing people want to know is, 
Tell us the story about blah, 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 and how that got started and how that became your identity. Well, it, it became my identity because people can't pronounce or spell Langhans. <laughs> that makes sense. What, I know. What I'm all about is helping people make their message stand out, be less ordinary and more effective, and not so blah, not boring. So the name evolved from my logo, which is essentially the words blah, 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 over and over, and my name pops out in the middle there somewhere. And people started introducing me as, this is Terry, the blah, blah, blah lady. And I thought, well, ha, there we go. Wow. Let's make that the name of the company. You could you can't script it any better than that. Just walk right into an identity. That's fantastic. Well, you can find her folks at www.blahblahblah.us and that's that's B L A H three times and then US at the end. Unfortunately, you still on Twitter are Terry Langhands. So, let me spell it for right. people who are listening. T E R R I L A N G H A N S. So, Really what stood out to me when I heard you talk the first time was is that most marketing actually is just that. It's just blah, blah, blah. In your experience, you obviously were successful. You you started from scratch, created a $30 million national ad agency. How do you break through the blah, blah, blah? The first and best way to break through the blah, 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 whether you're talking about you know making a pitch for new business or creating marketing materials or a headline for your blog is to think about what everybody else does, which is typically what I call the killer bees. Typically, most people are either boastful, they're blatant, or they're boring. (laughs) And that's because they're typically talking about their favorite subject, which is themselves. Mm -hmm. And nobody cares about you and your boring business. They care about themselves. So you've got to connect to what they care about. You got to be able to take what you do, what you provide, what you can do for people and craft your message, frame it around the outcomes of what you do as opposed to all the bullet points and how great you are because until you can get them to kind of peek over the wall that they've built around their lives avoiding messages, uh you're not going to get to give them any more information. I talk about connect before you convince because that way they'll peek over and say, yeah, okay, tell me more. You bet. Well, clearly that's that's what most salespeople are trying to do is they're trying to push products before they've really created a, a relationship kind of connection or even it created any real interest in, in what's in it for the client. And as I, as I like to say, uh, to salespeople, people don't care about you. They care about themselves until you offer them something uh, that they can relate to. Then, then you're really just going nowhere. I mean, you're treading water. Isn't that true? Exactly. In fact, I used to uh, when I had the ad agency. It was very common for us to get into what I used to call a shootout, <laughs> right. which is essentially, you know, you make it to the short list, and now you get to come in and sing for your supper, and it's you know, pick us over the other guys. And even in those situations, a lot of firms would come in and say, well, we're a full-service ad agency and marketing firm. And I'm like, have you ever heard of a half-service? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they come in and they start talking about themselves, even though the reason they got there was because the client or the prospect already knew enough to know they wanted to get to know them better. So we were real big on 
you know, the, the best way to connect is to show you understand the world of your prospect. And so we'd always come in and start talking about them. And they'll ask if they want to know something about me, but they're there to hear what you can do for them. She's the former CEO of a $30 million ad agency that she sold to one of the big boys. Her name is Terry Langens. And am I saying that right? You're really close. It rhymes with bang pans. Terry so you bang actually do pans. pronounce it in two syllables like that. All right. Very good. Yeah. Well, yeah. her name is Terry Langhands. And, you know, one of the key things in being successful in sales is to make sure that you're talking to the prospect. You're calling them by the right name. So I, I, I am duly chastised. But the thing about <laughs> Terry is she's now the COE, the chief of everything there at blah, blah, blah. You wrote a book, Terry, The Seven Marketing Mistakes That Every Business Makes. Every Business Makes. What, what a great title. And how to fix them. Rattle off a couple of those for us. Well, the first mistake is that we are um, we believe that people want to hear from us, and they don't. They, we think that marketing is something you do, and it isn't. Marketing is anything at all that helps or hinders the sale or use of your products and services. So it's not about getting out there and pounding your chest. And when you do, when it is time to communicate, the third mistake is that we breathe too much of our own exhaust. We love to inhale how beautiful everything is, and then we end up exhaling all this into every single piece of information we create. And again, nobody cares. Right. So, um, you know, probably, the go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the, one, my, my most recent favorite mistake, if there is such a thing, <laughs> okay. is that um, people put too much emphasis and, and rely too much on facts. And that is not going to be as powerful as emotion. I am fond of saying that people will hire you or buy from you. We all have the same two reasons. We have the reason that sounds good. And then we have the real reason. And the real reason is almost always emotional. They liked you. They connected with you. So a really good marketing message or a new business pitch has got to have both the facts and the logic, because that's what they'll use to justify their decision. But if you can't connect emotionally, if you can't tell your story, if you can't appeal to their emotions, uh, then you don't have a leg to stand on. Sure. And the, the other side is true coming out on the back end. Uh, assume that you did not win the deal. Typically, what a client or prospect is going to tell you is something that is fact-based when, in fact, you didn't connect with them. And, and the most common of those, Terry, in my experience is, you know, your price was just a little bit high or you were a little bit out of the ballpark. And really, that's the, the easy thing to say and the easy way to let you off the hook. Exactly. And here's what I, I love as an answer to that. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to use it, but maybe one of your listeners will. Next time someone says, oh, it was the price, say, you know, I'll tell you what, you give me your competitor's proposal and I will match it. I will beat it by a dollar. And that's when you'll find out mm, it wasn't price. It was, <laughs> well, it was yeah, something They're going to backtrack in a hurry, sure. Yeah, so it's more, well, that's the easy answer that they think you can't argue with. 
Yeah, it's the easy way to let you down when you've when you've lost. You know, in my experience, words are really critical. Words mean things. And we throw around a lot of words as if everybody absolutely knows what they mean. One of those words, sort of a pet peeve of mine, is the word quality. And, and people will say, we have great quality products. Terry, what does that even mean? You know, I, I have a, uh, a little postcard that I give to people that says, a lot of people think that quality, service, and value will set their business apart. And a lot of people think the Statue of Liberty is in New York. It's not. <laughs> Neither of those are true. Right. Quality, that's what gets you in the game. I expect you to give me a product or a service that is quality. Um, and value, what does that mean? Um, if you talk in terms of outcomes, you know, people will say to me, G. Terry, what do you speak on? Well, I can say, I need no marketing. Well, I speak to people and I work with people who want their message to stand out and get better results. Those are wants. That's where value comes in. You know, you'll have more focus, more impact, higher response. That's articulating value when you can put it in terms of the more, greater, better outcomes that someone will experience. That's value. Don't you get bet. me started. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'll get rolling. Hey, we're going to take a quick time out. We're up against a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more with Terry Langhans. We're going to talk about her book. It's one that you need to get, The Seven Marketing Mistakes Every Business Makes and How to Fix Them. I'll tell you how to get that book, and we'll find out more about presenting when you're one of the shortlisted firms that's trying to get your product in front of a client. You're listening to The Business Locker Room on Voice America. I'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome back to the Business Locker Room. It's the show with compelling conversations, useful content that you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, follow me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs, and send me a message at kelly at bizlockerroom.com. want to do a quick shout-out to our partner here on the Business Locker Room, 40 Sales. 40 Sales conceived back in 2012. Three founders who collectively had over 80 years of sales management expertise. They came together and started looking how they could leverage tablets and mobile technology to the way people make sales calls, the way they do presentations. 4D Sales is a tablet-based sales tool that is available for iPad and Windows 8 devices. 
that helps salespeople present information in the most incredible way. Interactive, visually appealing, it is compelling, and it's always available. I have been in sales and marketing business for almost 30 years now. 40 Sales is truly that one easy-to-use tool that's going to create much more success in representing your company, your message, your brand, and the things that you sell to your clients. All of your presentation materials in one place, price lists, brochures, PDFs, slide decks, web pages, and on and on it goes. You have that consistency across all of your salespeople. We'll talk more about 40 sales in a future show where we will actually feature it in our X's and O's segment. Right now we're talking with Terry Langhans. She is the COE, the chief of everything at blah, blah, blah. We've been talking about uh, the book that she wrote some time ago called The Seven Marketing Mistakes That Every Business Makes and How to Fix Them. And folks, it's been around a while, but it is it is a book that you need to have. But Terry has written another book recently, Help Them Hire You, How to Set Your Firm Apart, Win More Sales, and Still Be Yourself in Client Interviews. And Terry, that's, that's a big title, but it promises a lot of material. Tell me a little bit more about that book. Well, it comes from the days of the shootout at the ad agency because we'd make it to the shortlist, and then they'd always want to meet the team. And the team in an ad agency, if you've watched Mad Men at all, you don't want to bring your whole team sometimes <laughs> to these meetings. You've got some introverted creative people, or you've got some woo-woo creative people, and then you've got the strategist. And so what we had to do was show the kind of work we could do without having to work on specs, and connect with them and let them know that we were the people, the fit, that could help them achieve their business goals, yet all of a sudden we had to bring people with us that were not necessarily that skilled in natural presentation skills. So I finally was able to put it together, the suits and the creatives, ways that they could structure a presentation, deliver the message, and be more comfortable, be clear, be confident without having to suddenly become improv experts or theatrical actors. And I put all that into a book. Yeah, and you put it into a, a workshop as well, and people can find that at Help Them Hire You Workshop. Dot com And it promises an awful lot of content, Terry. And since I, I do some similar work uh, that you do, I think, in the architectural engineering and contracting market space, that's something that those, that group in the AEC space does a lot. They, hit, they get shortlisted. There's three or four companies that are being represented, and they come in what, what, what I call euphemistically, a lot of people use the terminology, the cattle call. And so you get three or four companies coming through one after another, and they sit down and they present themselves. And it seems like uh, they're all making the same kinds of mistakes. What, what kinds of things do you see regularly? Well, again, they get back into the killer bees. They're either boastful about how great they are, or they're blatant with a sales pitch, or they bore people to death with ad nauseum bullet points. The challenge is that they've got to bring their their value, their benefits to life, and they've got to realize that the audience is looking for who are we going to be most comfortable with? Who do we want, especially in an architectural engineering construction world, you're going to be, you know, perhaps years of working with these people. So 
part of it is to realize that I tell people that presentation skills are not, they think that that's what they need. I need presentation skills. I need to know what to do with my hands and when to stand up and when to move and how. No. The first thing you've got to think about is the structure of your message and the content. If you know what you're going to say first, second, and third, if you've got, you know, facts and information that will convince and you've got emotions and stories and maybe even humor that will connect, then you're going to be more confident. You're going to be more comfortable. The presentation will come so much more naturally when you start building, I equate it to a three-legged stool. You've got your convincing leg, your connecting leg, and then you've got the leg that helps bring your benefits to life, both factual benefits and the emotional ones. You bet. We're continuing our conversation with Terry Langhans, someone who knows an incredible amount about the kinds of marketing and advertising that actually reaches people, connects with people, started from scratch your own $30 million advertising agency and sold that off and now is working for herself. I suspect there was a little bit of that in there in that decision, was there not? Were you ready to just sort of move in your own circles and not be responsible for large groups? Uh, You know, I used to think that the most stressful job in the world would be having your own business. When I sold it and then worked for a few years on the earnout with a publicly traded company, oh my gosh, (laughs) it was busy, crazy nuts there. It was so refreshing to get back to, you know, one-on-one, a lean, mean marketing machine and really focusing on helping people do what they did better without having the rigmarole of you know, a big corporate machine behind me. Absolutely. And and what you're doing now is so similar to what you did in the advertising agency, as you've mentioned several times now, is getting down to that short list, two or three or four people coming in. You know, one of the interesting things that I've observed in that arena is that you can almost take the slide decks and interchange them and swap out logos, and you almost would not lose any continuity from one company to the next. And Terry, what that does, in in my estimation, is really create nirvana for the buyers because they have three or four really spectacular companies, and it couldn't get any better because it's very difficult to make a bad decision, but yet the decision has to be made on something. And if no one connects, you and I both know what it comes down to. It comes down to price, and that's just absolutely the worst place to compete. Absolutely. The uh, the ability to be yourself and recognize that, in a way, if this is the right fit, that's great. If it's the wrong fit, that's great. You know, yes or no, both answers can be right. If you're there looking to get married for an X period of time in a relationship, you want to be yourself. You want to be hired because you did connect and because you can serve them best. So the more honest and natural, and I like to think of it as a presentation or any marketing message, if it can feel and be a dialogue, that's the filter to look at versus a monologue. Let me tell you all about this. And, oh, my gosh, I've only got X number of minutes for each slide. Oh, I didn't get to that. No. Create 
a dialogue. That is going to be so much more effective in the short and long long term. So let me take the opposite approach here and see if there's a trap that can you, you can fall into with regards to these kind of presentations. Can you be so focused on the connection side that, that you don't do enough justice to the factual side? Clearly, a lot of these presentations do involve things of technical nature, whether it's a contractor who is proposing on a 12-story building or you know some sort of uh, thing that they're they're building for the client or or other types of implementations. Can can you get too far on the connection side, or, or is there a balance that's required? Yeah, there's definitely a balance. Um, I equate it to a three legged stool, and I've been I've been married to an engineer for many many years, and he tells me that three points determine a plane. I'm going to trust him on that. <laughs> okay. you, you you don't want one leg taller, longer than the other. You're, you, you can't stand on one leg for long. You've got to have all three. So it could be that you have a very technical case study to present. The way that you, so you've got lots of facts and logic. The way you turn it into a connection is to frame it in a story. Maybe you say, you know, um, it was touch and go with Acme Dam. Uh, and then you do a blank slide because you want the attention on you, the storyteller. You're the number one visual, by the way, not your slide ever. Right. Um, you know, it started as a pretty straightforward project, and then you summarize the project, and you give it a twist, and then this happened. And, you know, you tell the story of how you know, the on-time record was at risk, but then you solve the problem this way. Very factual, but the fact that you craft it into a story is, more of a connection because you are, again, you're now in a storyteller dialogue mode as opposed to a chronological timeline. So you definitely need all the balance. You mentioned in the materials that I've looked at for your workshop, you mentioned three critical types of content that every presentation has to have in order to win the business. And I suspect that's what you're getting at here. Can you sort of summarize what those three pieces of content look like? Yes, there's the convincing context, that's the facts, the logic, the details, the the budget, the numbers, uh, results, and there is the connecting information. That might be tell a story, use an analogy, examples. Uh, If it's natural and you have a sense of humor, that might be a piece of connecting content. And then the third is bringing your benefits to life, talking, you know, I know AEC firms, oh, we're local. So what? (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? You know, how does it change their life? So you've got your benefits, both factual and emotional benefits. You've got your connecting content, which will be analogy stories, examples, case studies, and then you've got the convincing leg, which are the facts, the logic, and the details. Yeah, very good. Great stuff from Terry Langhans. She is the chief of everything at blah, 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 US. And I'm going to hold her over and bring her back after the break. We're a little bit long, 
So I want to go ahead and take a time out, Terry. But when I come back on the other side, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about something that's uh, that's special for you. Uh, you have a CSP, Certified Speaking Professional, designation with the National uh, Speakers Association. And there's only uh, le- there's less than 250 women in the world, I understand, that even have that designation. I'd like to come back and finish up and just talk up a little bit about your speaking career. I know some of the people that listen have an interest in that or perhaps uh, thinking like others that they can take their consulting or even their sales career and do something with it on the speaking side. So we'll come back and we'll wrap up with Terry. We'll talk more about that. You're listening to The Business Locker Room on Voice America. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Welcome back to the Business Locker Room. It's the show with compelling conversations, useful content that you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, follow me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. And send me a message at kelly at bizlockerroom.com. I want to do a quick shout out to our partner here on the Business Locker Room, 40 Sales. 40 Sales conceived back in 2012. Three founders who collectively had over 80 years of sales management ex- expertise. They came together and started looking how they could leverage tablets and mobile technology to the way people make sales calls, the way they do presentations. 40 Sales is a tablet-based sales tool that is available for iPad and Windows 8 devices that helps salespeople present information in the most incredible way. Interactive, visually appealing, it is compelling, and it's always available. I have been in sales and marketing business for almost 30 years now. 40 Sales is truly that one easy-to-use tool that's going to create much more success in representing your company, your message, your brand, and the things that you sell to your clients. All of your presentation materials in one place, price lists, brochures, PDFs, slide decks, web pages, and on and on it goes. You have that consistency across all of your salespeople. We'll talk more about 40 sales in a future show where we will actually feature it in our X's and O's segment. Right now we're talking with Terry Langhan. She is the COE, the chief of everything at blah, blah, blah. We've been talking about uh, the book that she wrote some time ago called The Seven Marketing Mistakes That Every Business Makes and How to Fix Them. And folks, it's been around a while, but it is, it is a book that you need to have. But Terry has written another book recently, Help Them Hire You, How to Set Your Firm Apart, Win More Sales, and Still Be Yourself in Client Interviews. And Terry, that's, that's a big title, but it promises a lot of material. Tell me a little bit more about that book. Well, it comes from the days of the shootout at the ad agency because we'd make it to the shortlist and then they'd always want to meet the team. 
And the team in an ad agency, if you've watched Mad Men at all, you don't want to bring your whole team sometimes <laughs> to these meetings. You've got some introverted creative people or you've got some woo-woo creative people, and then you've got the strategist. And so what we had to do was show the kind of work we could do without having to work on specs and connect with them and let them know that we were the people, the fit, that could help them achieve their business goals, yet all of a sudden we had to bring people with us that were not necessarily that skilled in natural presentation skills. So I finally was able to put it together, the suits and the creatives, ways that they could structure a presentation, deliver the message, and be more comfortable, be clear, be confident without having to suddenly become improv experts or theatrical actors. And I put all that into a book. Yeah, and you put it into a, a workshop as well, and people can find that at Help Them Hire You Workshop. Com. And it promises an awful lot of content, Terry. And since I, I do some similar work uh, that you do, I think, in the architectural engineering and contracting market space, that's something that those, that group in the AEC space does a lot. They, hit, they get shortlisted. There's three or four companies that are being represented, and they come in what, what I call euphemistically, a lot of people use the terminology, the cattle call. And so you get three or four companies coming through one after another, and they sit down and they present themselves. And it seems like uh, they're all making the same kinds of mistakes. What, what kinds of things do you see regularly? Well, again, they get back into the killer bees. They're either boastful about how great they are, or they're blatant with a sales pitch, or they bore people to death with ad nauseum bullet points. The challenge is that... They've got to bring their their value, their benefits to life, and they've got to realize that the audience is looking for who are we going to be most comfortable with? Who do we want, especially in an architectural engineering construction world, you're going to be, you know, perhaps years of working with these people. So part of it is to realize that, I tell people that presentation skills are not, they think that that's what they need. I need presentation skills. I need to know what to do with my hands and when to stand up and when to move and how. No. The first thing you've got to think about is the structure of your message and the content. If you know what you're going to say first, second, and third, if you've got, you know, facts and information that will convince and you've got emotions and stories and maybe even humor that will connect, then you're going to be more confident. You're going to be more comfortable. The presentation will come so much more naturally when you start building, I equate it to a three-legged stool. You've got your convincing leg, your connecting leg, and then you've got the leg that helps bring your benefits to life, both factual benefits and the emotional ones. You bet. We're continuing our conversation with Terry Langhans, someone who knows an incredible amount about the kinds of marketing and advertising that actually reaches people, connects with people, started from scratch her own $30 million advertising agency and sold that off and now is 
working for herself. I suspect there was a little bit of that in there in that decision, was there not? Were you ready to just sort of uh, move in your own circles and not be responsible for large groups? Uh, you know, I used to think that the most stressful job in the world would be having your own business. When I sold it and then worked for a few years on the earnout with a publicly traded company, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was busy, crazy nuts there. It was so refreshing to get back to you know, one-on-one, a lean, mean marketing machine, and really focusing on helping people do what they did better without having the rigmarole of, you know, a big corporate machine behind me. Absolutely. And, and what you're doing now is so similar to what you did in the advertising agency, as you've mentioned several times now, is getting down to that short list, two or three or four people coming in. You know, one of the interesting things that I've observed in that arena is that you can almost take the slide decks and interchange them and swap out logos, and you almost would not lose any continuity from one company to the next. And, Terry, what that does, in in my estimation, is really create nirvana for the buyers because they have three or four really spectacular companies and it couldn't get any better because it's very difficult to make a bad decision, but yet the decision has to be made on something. And if no one connects, you and I both know what it comes down to. It comes down to price, and that's just absolutely the worst place to compete. Absolutely. The, uh, the ability to be yourself and recognize that, in a way, if this is the right fit, that's great. If it's the wrong fit, that's great. You know, yes or no, both answers can be right. If you're there looking to get married for an X period of time in a relationship, you want to be yourself. You want to be hired because you did connect and because you can serve them best. So the more honest and natural, and I like to think of it as a presentation or any marketing message if it can feel and be a dialogue, that's the filter to look at versus a monologue. Let me tell you all about this. And, oh, my gosh, I've only got X number of minutes for each slide. Oh, I didn't get to that. No. Create a dialogue. That is going to be so much more effective in the short and long, long term. So let me take the opposite approach here and see if there's a trap that can you, you can fall into with regards to these kind of presentations. Can you be so focused on the connection side that that you don't do enough justice to the factual side? Clearly, a lot of these presentations do involve things of technical nature, whether it's a contractor who is proposing on a 12-story building or you know some sort of uh, thing that they're they're building for the client or or other types of implementations. Can can you get too far on the connection side, or, or is there a balance that's required? Yeah, there's definitely a balance. Um, I equate it to a three legged stool, and I've been I've been married to an engineer for many many years, and he tells me that three points determine a plane. I'm going to trust him on that. <laughs> okay. you, you you don't want one leg taller, longer than the other. You're, you, you can't stand on one leg for long. You've got to have all three. So it could be that you have a very technical case study to present. The way that you, so you've got lots of facts and logic. 
the way you turn it into a connection is to frame it in a story. Maybe you say, you know, um, it was touch and go with Acme Dam. Uh, and then you do a blank slide because you want the attention on you, the storyteller. You're the number one visual, by the way, not your slide ever. Right. Um, you know, it started as a pretty straightforward project, and then you summarize the project, and you give it a twist, and then this happened. And, you know, you tell the story of how you know, the on-time record was at risk, but then you solve the problem this way. Very factual, but the fact that you craft it into a story is more of a connection because you are, again, you're now in a storyteller dialogue mode as opposed to a chronological timeline. So you definitely need all the balance. You mentioned in the materials that I've looked at for your workshop, you mentioned three critical types of content that every presentation has to have in order to win the business. And I suspect that's what you're getting at here. Can you sort of summarize what those three pieces of content look like? Yes, there's the convincing context, that's the facts, the logic, the details, the, the budget, the numbers, uh, results, and there is the connecting information. That might be tell a story, use an analogy, examples. Uh, if it's natural and you have a sense of humor, that might be a piece of connecting content. And then the third is bringing your benefits to life, talking, you know, I know AEC firms, oh, we're local. So right. what? Yeah, <laughs> <You cares>? know, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, how does it change their life? So you've got your benefits, both factual and emotional benefits. You've got your connecting content, which will be analogy stories, examples, case studies, and then you've got the convincing leg, which are the facts, the logic in the details. Yeah, very good. Great stuff from Terry Langhans. She is the chief of everything at blah, blah, blah.us. And I'm going to hold her over and bring her back after the break. We're a little bit long, so I want to go ahead and take a time out, Terry. But when I come back on the other side, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about something that's, uh, that's special for you. Uh, you have a CSP, Certified Speaking Professional Designation, with the National uh, Speakers Association. And there's only uh, le- there's less than 250 women in the world, I understand, that even have that designation. I'd like to come back and finish up and just talk up a little bit about your speaking career. I know some of the people that listen have an interest in that or perhaps uh, thinking like others that they can take their consulting or even their sales career and do something with it on the speaking side. So we'll come back and we'll wrap up with Terry. We'll talk more about that. You're listening to The Business Locker Room on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. The future of online TV is here. 
View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hey, welcome back to the Business Locker Room. Blake, great to have you with us. It's the show with compelling conversations and useful content like we got from Terry Langhans in our last segment, uh, the content that you can use to improve your business. want to make sure you log on to bizlockerroom.com. Much more information about the show, links to our guests, past shows, and also previews of upcoming shows. And you can direct people to the show just by sending them there, bizlockerroom.com. Well, throughout the week, uh, I frequently get all kinds of different articles and things across my desk that I read. And it's interesting, two things that came together this, this past week. Actually, I had some uh, vacation time with family, and I was with my son, and, and he gifted me some socks. Now, the reason that's interesting is that it comes from a company called Foot Cardigan. And uh, you can find them at footcardigan.com, by the way. But it, it's a subscription service. And I know there's, there's a lot of companies that have that sort of business model out there. But evidently, what happens is once a month, I will receive a pair of wacky socks, and they, you know they're they're I guess what you would call dress socks. They're not athletic socks, but they come in all kinds of wild designs and colors and all of those kinds of things. And so, interestingly enough, I was uh, reading this week, and just coincidentally, I see this article: "You really need to wear wackier socks to work." Uh, it's on a website called Quartz. And it's written by Vicki Elmer is the name of the person who wrote the article. April 13th, 2014, just came out yesterday. Uh, Much of the world welcomes workers in wacky socks or or their cousins, tights or artsy holes. It it gives professionals a place to be playful, creative, a little offbeat, even when our bosses may be more buttoned down than brilliant hues. It really is interesting, the number of people that I'm seeing that are wearing very bizarre socks. I have a son-in-law who does the same things. He loves these crazy socks, and uh, it's getting to be quite the fad in in the workplace. And I'm just I'm just wondering. It says in the article, serious people and politicians both don this funky footwear. For instance, former U.S. President George H.W. Bush for his birthday last year. A bunch of his political buddies had on the funky socks. They were walking around in in, in all kinds of crazy, colorful, creative socks. And I, and I just wonder what it says about the workplace, and I wonder how people react to it. You know, is there is there something crazy? It, it's interesting. Miles Austin, who will join us here in just a moment, uh, we were talking about uh, a, a company called Evernote last week and the fantastic tool that they have, a tool, by the way, that I'm beginning to get to comp- uh, accustomed to and starting to work with a little bit, and I'm beginning to see some possibilities for my productivity improvement with Evernote, but Evernote was in this article. It said when Evernote launched its business note-taking app, its team also decided to exercise its design muscles to create striped socks. Striped. I, I find it easier to say striped. Striped socks, which are sold alongside one of the scripts they have. And Mad Men costume designer Janie Bryant is going to bring out a line of fashion hosiery this fall as well. So I mean, it's it's crazy that all about the workplace, the culture. It seems nothing is off limits. We've gone to the norm 
back in the 40s and 50s and 60s would be three-piece suits and ties and wingtips and all of those kinds of things that actually identified a professional business person. Now you're just as likely to find a professional business person in a polo shirt and some funky socks. Interesting the way things change. Hey, we, we want to bring in Miles Austin to join us. This is our X's and O's segment where we look at tools that can make you better at what you do. And Miles is the guy that helps us do that. The tools that he often talks about are the kinds of things that make us better in terms of productivity. And uh, technology is just moving so fast, faster than I can keep track. But fortunately, we've got a guy that knows how to do that. Miles, thanks for joining us here in the locker room. Great to be here, Kelly. I got to tell you, I was a little uh, little disappointed in myself. I looked down and realized I'm wearing boring black socks right now. You and me both, brother. <laughs> I, have, I haven't made the transition, but I did get my first new pair. So, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Hey, we're going to talk about Rival IQ. Now, as it's been described to me, this is a tool that helps me learn what my competition is doing. Give us the overview. That is exactly right. I think, you know, one of the things that the Internet has given all of us is the ability to watch, learn, observe, and listen to what everyone else is doing. And, And for the first time in my business career, 30 plus years, I now have an inside view when I'm using Rival IQ to the competitive intelligence for everyone that I either think I'm competing with or would like to compete with in my market. I, I see so much potential with a tool like this. And, and the first question that comes to my mind is, is it difficult to use? I mean, is there a lot of... Uh, input that's required? Is there a lot of time? Do you have to go out and find a bunch of things or, or is a lot of the tools that you introduce to us, is it highly automated? Very much automated. They've done an excellent job. There's a, there's a brilliant team that, have had, that has a lot of experience in other startups and other web tools in the past. And these guys come from big enterprise companies. Um, and what they understand is in order for any product to be successful, it has to be very easy for people to use. And so, abs- I mean, the reality is if you have a website of your competitor, you type in the website and it pretty much does the rest. What kind of information will I get? Boy, I'll tell you, it will give you any information that that competitor or that a- any company, including your own, by the way, um, is sharing posting or hosting on the web. So that means your website, your blog, your YouTube channel, your Facebook page, your Twitter account, your LinkedIn profile, your LinkedIn company page, um, anything at all that you are doing in an online way, it tracks, it alerts you, it measures you against them. So there's a lot of metrics. They, They have a very simple but very powerful and to me, anyway, very intriguing dashboard front end that gives you everything in a snapshot. And then when you just drill down in, so you can you know dig into more and more information. Well, as I look at it, Miles, there's so many reports this, this thing will give to you to help you see what your competition or whomever is doing out there in the internet universe. And it, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. We, we use social media to get the names out or get our word out to people. But at the same time, that becomes public domain. So it, it enables a competitor to know exactly what I'm doing as well. Kelly, you know, and, and you've been speaking and training for a long time as well. And one of the things I learned 
a long, long time ago, too many years to mention, from a very well-known public speaker in my business at the time when I started in real estate. And the question from the audience came out, and the question was, Tom, you're sharing all these really great techniques and this information, but aren't you concerned that we will use this information and actually be better at our jobs and be able to compete against you and take your business. And he, he looked out at the audience and specifically at the gentleman that asked, the, that asked that question. He said, you know, there's a lot of information I'm sharing with you. And if you did everything I tell you to do and I'm t- suggesting you do into your business, I'll guarantee you, you'll be extremely competitive to me and you'd be a threat. But what I've learned over the years is I can tell you every detail of my business and what I do. But most people will not do more than 20% of what I've shared with you today. That is the same thing. That's absolutely incredible. That absolutely mirrors a conversation that I had with a gentleman here locally when I started my consulting business eight years ago. Rather than try to reinvent the wheel, Miles, I went out into the marketplace and, and found somebody who was doing something very similar to what I wanted to do. I asked them if I could buy them lunch. They happily agreed. And for two hours, they explained everything that was necessary to be successful in this business. And, and I'm a consultant, a trainer, a speaker, an author, all of those things. And he just laid out the step-by-step guide. And it was so amazing to me. I finally stopped and I said, I, I have to tell you, I'm shocked that you would tell me all of this information because I'll be doing very similar things to what you're doing. He said almost the exact same words you just said. He said, Kelly... I've been telling people how to do this business for over 20 years. I can count on one hand the number of people who have actually done it. Yeah, no, it, it's it, it's changed my business career because, you know, I think there is a tendency in all of us. We want to protect what we think we are experts at. And one thing I've learned really with the, the explosion of social media is, you know what, I'm not the only one that has any of these ideas. Um, there's there's 100,000 people that have the exact same brilliant idea that I just had in the shower this morning. And the difference is some are going to execute and most won't. And to me, that's been a very powerful driver in my business. And very frankly, um, I give it a lot of the, uh, the, the reason for my success, the little that I've had, has been because of that kind of advice. Yeah, I'm talking with Miles Austin. He's our X's and O's guy when we talk online tools, productive tools that you can use. And this is a good one, Rival IQ. Tell us where we can find it and get more information, Miles. You bet. The website um, is a great one, and it really explains everything and gives you a lot of examples. It's Rival, R-I-V-A-L-I-Q.com. All right. And so you can go on there. And I assume, and I haven't looked, but I assume that there's probably some sort of fee involved in this one. We, we've talked about some free apps, but I'm suspecting this one's not like that. Yeah, there is. Now, the truth of the matter is you get it for 14 days for free. So you can go in and kind of play with it a little bit and get your feet wet and say, is this something that I'll, I'll be willing to use the information that I gather from it? But um, after that, it, it, there's three levels. There's a pro all the way up to an agency and I think for most companies, probably a pro or a pro, pro plus, and they're either talking about a hundred dollar a month or a two hundred dollar a month investment. And I think for the kind of information you're going to discover is out there, um, you'd pay a consultant twice that much for this information. Wow! Yeah, for twelve hundred dollars each year, you're talking about having a department in your company that's competitive intelligence. I mean, you can find out everything you want to know about the people you compete with. 
Absolutely. And you know what? I think a lot of times, you know, how we apply these tools is where the creativity comes in. So as an example, it's not just for your marketing team or for your executive team to kind of say, how do we stack up? I have clients today that pay me to use this tool for their benefit. They go into a meeting with maybe a consulting company or a new marketing company that they're interviewing, and they are able to go in and look and see how they're performing and if they're doing what they're telling the customer to do, and then they can measure that progress in real time day after day, week after week. So they can see, are your Twitter followers going up? Is your engagement going down? Do they? What's going on with that new Facebook that we paid you a lot of money for? Is our website getting business? Is it pushing away business? Are people engaging with us online in whatever the pl- platform might be? Well, interestingly enough, if, if you're bringing new products to market or if you're concerned about other companies bringing new products to market, it, it obviously they're going to go out on social media to preview what, what those things look like. It can really give you a front-end idea about what's going on uh, in, in terms of developing uh, some sort of response to each of those products. 100% agree. In fact, I'll give you a little gem that I discovered by accident. I was in using the tool early on, and I had put what I thought were my four or five um, competitive companies, or very honestly, even com- companies that maybe aren't a direct competitor, but they're the benchmarks that I want to strive to to get to. And as I was doing that, I got all those in, and about a week after it was doing its magic, it also came back to me and gave me suggestions for other companies, two of the three which I had never heard of, that were similar in nature, and I didn't even know they were out there. And one of those actually happens to turn into be a very strong competitor that I now am very aware of, and I didn't have visibility before until Rival IQ suggested I take a look at them. Yeah, great stuff, Miles. Thanks for joining us. It's X's and O's each week with Miles Austin, and we're talking about Rival IQ. So make sure you check it out, rivaliq.com. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. A lot of good material today, a lot of things that you're going to take away. And I want to say special thanks to Terry Langens, who did such a fantastic job with us. You can find her at blah, blah, blah.us. And thanks to Miles Austin, who brought us up to speed on a brand new tool, Rival IQ. It is a tool that you can use to learn more about your competition. You can find Miles on Twitter, at Miles Austin, and make sure you read his blog at fillthefuddle.com. Special thanks to my engineer, Michael Sergit, and also to our executive producer, Brandy Jackson. And want to tell you a little bit about next week's show. Jack Malcolm will join us. Uh, Jack is a guy that has written a couple of books, Strategic Sales Presentations, also Bottom Line Selling, The Sales Professional's Guide to Improving Customer Profits. Jack is one of those multifaceted, well-rounded guys going to bring a lot of dynamic content to what we're doing on the show. Can't wait to have him on board. Can't wait to see you as well. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kelly Riggs. I will see you next week in the Business Locker Room. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of The Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.